0: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Smooth (laughs) smooth entry there. Good day, everyone. Um, And welcome back to Sunday Night Teacher Talk, a show that has very squeaky chairs. Um, So (laughs) that's a thing. Anyway, what we are is an imperfect show to try and help you be the best that you can be this week. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect. just means that we're showing up with the gifts that we were given, and putting, trying the best to work them the best that we can, and so we we meet every Sunday to try and help one another to get to to get our to get it together, uh, as my friend Jen Jones would say, "Get your lit together." And uh, we, so this is the, behind that idea. So here's how this works. If you've not been here, if this is your first time, so thrilled, thrilled that you're here. Uh, we are. Go ahead and put any question you want in the chat. If you don't have a question, then you can answer people's questions. You can just listen along. Maybe you're listening to this on the podcast because you can go right over to Spotify or Apple or wherever. Listen to this as a podcast as well. Um, and that's how it's going to basically roll. I'm feeling slightly heads disheveled. Slightly. We've had
1: a lot going on prior to this. We're working on a lot of things, trying to get things ready tech doesn't work, you know, sometimes things are just fighting yeah. against you. So, so we're, but we're here, right? Just like everybody else. We, you know, sometimes get disheveled and have tons of stuff going on the too.
0: thing, man. So real quick, I want to, um, shout out Heather Carson. Did she get teacher of the month? Oh, well,
1: Carson Randall really is her List. married name.
0: <laughs> she got married. Um, but so Heather, she got teacher of the month. She did. Yeah. So I just wanted to shout out Heather for getting teacher of the month. It's Chris Carson. Everyone sees him in the comment section all the time and stuff. That's his daughter. Yeah. So that's, that's the it's thing. It's
1: exciting. So congratulations, Heather.
0: Um, so, and I think Maisha's on here this week too. Yeah, she sent me a text. I didn't here. get a chance to look at it yet. Cause I was trying to plow through, which is why we were a couple minutes late. Uh, yes.
1: You got you questions? I am. Let's just get into it, man. Let's okay. just start answering questions. All right. John Fox is up first, asking, if someone was planning on moving across the country, like you guys recently did, mm-hmm. what wisdom tips or life hacks would you give based on your experience? Say
0: this first, Johnny Ooh, that's Fox. That's a
1: timely question, John.
0: First of all, it is about four times more expensive than you think it's going to be.
1: Well, that depends if you use a moving company, we right? We used
0: a moving company. Um, this, so they didn't pack our stuff up. Like you can get people to come in and put it in boxes for you, but if you're like single dude, you're, you know, uh, moving across the country
1: or just two, not like a whole family with kids and all of that. I would say use a moving company. My experience overall, was it perfect? No. Did some stuff get crushed and like, there's some like nuance in like, if things get damaged, how they handle that. Like we were supposed to check to make sure everything was A-OK before they left. And I'm like, how do I go through like a hundred plus boxes yeah. to make sure that you didn't damage anything? Like, even my lampshades were packed, like, and they got crushed. So, you know, but overall, like it was really, really wonderful and really helpful to have someone. Man, to pack it up is enough, but to then have someone else load it in the truck was awesome.
0: Because they take apart your furniture, then they put it back together too. Yes. If it comes apart, here's here's two things I would I would mention, John. One is, uh, buy the stuff. So you think you can get away with? I'm just going to put this TV in a box. Go buy the TV box. Buy the stuff that they make for your stuff. It is an investment. And you can just resell it on Facebook Marketplace on the back end, right? So like use it and then yeah. cut 25, 50% off and just sell it on Facebook Marketplace and it's gone. The other thing is- I would buy
1: it from Facebook Marketplace, yes. right? Like yeah. don't buy it from- Home Depot or Lowe's or those sort of places buy from Amazon. Cause they're a little cheaper yeah. um, or you can buy someone else's used stuff. Like right now we're selling moving boxes on Facebook market, Yeah. Please, so if but... you're in
0: the uh, Western Texas, Eastern New Mexico area and you're looking for boxes,
1: no, I actually sold yeah, all the boxes. It's the TV boxes, okay. but they do like really, really help. So yeah. that's, that's a really good tip.
0: The other thing is I think, and I kind of wish people could do this with schools too. I would visit where you're going to go and act like you live there. Like what would daily life look like there? And we didn't have, we didn't have the chance to do that because everything happens so quickly, but, and we have her family here. So that changes some things, but you know, as an adult, John, um, it's hard to make friends. And so trying to figure out like what life is going to look like there, how are you going to connect with people? Um, I think that's in real time trying to figure that piece out because uh, yeah. I mean, if you're working at a school, that's going to be a little bit easier to make friends, but um, yeah, I find it incredibly difficult to just like make a friend uh, as an adult.
1: It's like a new thing, especially if you don't drink and you're not hanging at bars or that kind of yeah. life. It's like, where do you make friends? Yeah. It's, it's so a new thing.
0: it's a weird new adventure. So yeah, that's my advice. Hit it, babe.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Linda is up next asking any future plans for another book?
0: So Linda, uh, yes, the, I, so there's a couple of like big things that I want to do before that. So this year has me, and here's why, um, one, I have to really think about a book that I would really want to spend time and go deep on. It is way harder to write a book than anyone can explain to you. It is just difficult. And I, I think I would self publish my next book by choice, even though I've had some other options. I have talked to someone else, a really good friend of mine about collaborating on a book and making a book that would be for schools. Um, and that they so like it could it would be a component where schools and teachers it would be something to work through together to make your school awesome but my thought really lately has been um and I'm gonna take this we're gonna take this uh to the Bible real quick because my favorite prayer in the Bible is when God asks God wakes Solomon up in the middle of the night and you know because you know that happens sometimes and uh says to him that actually I'm sure it does happen to people sometimes so anyway says what do you want and Solomon says um he wants the wisdom to be able to serve the people in a way and or or use it he wants the wisdom to serve the people in a way that pleases God and so it's really been thinking about it that's really been on my mind and so what what can we create that's going to serve teachers at the highest level and so with with that I'm actually going to tell you something that we're working on right now um will be out this week it was supposed to be done today but it's there's some back end stuff that we're just trying to figure out so that it's a smooth it's the smoothest experience for people as possible if you want to throw that up so we are going to do run a workshop a month for the rest of the school year to try and help teachers right so it is all four of them are going to be based around classroom management so there's going to be classroom management 101 102 103 and 104 the first one is happening February first. Um, availability will open up for that sometime this week, and it, the first one is going to be around building relationships because I think you can take that down, babe. Um, I think folks get relationships aren't just a nice to have; they're not just about becoming buddies with students and 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 having these experiences that I talk about a lot. Like I have a lot of students that I still keep up with. Um, it is about knowing who you're teaching so that class can go better. It is like, sometimes if you don't know a kid, I don't care how fun your class is. You can make it as fun as humanly possible. It's just not going to like, but if there's a kid with an undiagnosed issue, if there's a kid that's going through trauma, if there's a kid that has problems at home, if there's a student that um you're, you're not just not teaching to, without having some knowledge of our students, even at this point in the year, right? There's kids in your class that you're like, why do they do this? Why are they acting up? Why are they behaving like this? And the first step of that is building relationships with students. So that's something we're doing um, February 1st. That's gonna happen. There'll be another uh, workshop that happens February 29th. There's another one that happens in March and then middle of April, we're gonna do another one all based on classroom management, but I is the deepest I've ever gone into this topic ever. Um, because I get chunks to do it. I get 45 minutes, an hour to do each one. We priced it super basic. So it's only it's $67 for like the entry level one. We were trying to mess around with another price point that was lower, but it, it didn't it costs, we need, we, I need to have this not costing me money. So that was like the bargain basement price. um, If a minimum number of people sign up for it. So that's why we picked that price point. And then, um, yeah. So it's like, I feel like this right now when I talk to folks is the number one thing is classroom management. That's what I'm hearing from everyone. That's why we picked it. So if a book happens, uh, it'll be talking to my buddy. And after these happen, um, I have one more thing I want to do over the summer. And then that becomes a real possibility. Uh, I, lo- but, and then that will even be like a conversation. I want to know what, what do people want to book about? Right? Like, I don't want to just make something. I want to make something that, um, that folks can use and that folks want.
1: Uh, funny enough, someone said in the comments that a book on classroom management is really needed in this space. Th-
0: you know what? It, it's the funny thing <laughs> is like, you play this game on Instagram or on youtube um about views and it's not just views because i want to get a lot of views i look at views as okay this is something people need and so if i'm really focusing on like the needs of folks every time there's a classroom management video it does well now my my other thumbnail was a little wonky the other day i think in, in retrospect about reading but that that those views paled in comparison to the classroom management video I put up before that. So that just, it's like people voting with their eyes. And so th- that's something we've seen over time. And and I will say that like classroom it's management and without trying to sound like a narcissist or something um, is something that I've gotten very, very good at in my life and in my career. And I, like I said, I, if you talk to people that worked with me, I suck at a lot of stuff. I I can, I just <laughs> am disastrous in a lot of areas. Organization
1: but, is not your specialty. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: engagement, relationships, classroom management, things of that nature. I, that was my gifted space. Um, yeah. But organizing stuff and getting back to your email.
1: You've gotten, I'll tell you what, having this, doing what we do online has caused us to uh, has caused you to become better at organization and dig- yes. digital organization. I have to be that's for sure. I have
0: to systematize. If I, what if I There's went back so to the classroom, it would be a, <laughs> I'd be a system monster. I'd be a habit tracking monster. Yeah. I'd I'd hack. I would track every grade, every assignment that every student did, so that we could see in real time. I'd create. I would create some kind of matrix where we could just kids were constantly having a sense of where they were.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, move to Steph. Is up next asking any luck, experience, suggestions on shifting from autonomy to whole grade level content doing the same assignment slash grade book. Hammer is coming down from middle school admin who used to be ES.
0: Um you got that one. <laughs> all right, so this is uh so, so if kind of, like I'm gonna say this. feel like this is a terrible idea, right? That taking teachers autonomy away and moving towards something that is, everyone's doing the same thing at the same time and we're all doing it together, sucks because it doesn't play into like, it's like having, and look, I'm not even that big of a sports guy here, right? But it's like having a really good quarterback and you're like, no, we are, Everyone gets to play a little bit of everything. You're going to be a linebacker now, right? But if you're not big enough to be like, to nail, like, like run into other guys and crush them, then you're going to get creamed, right? So I find that by and large, as I've worked with, and I've worked with some very big companies to try and work with them about like how you can sprinkle magic on, on what you're doing. It just becomes very difficult because you ultimately, your hands are tied and you have to teach a certain way. Now, I, because what's that going to do, what that does is some of those lessons are going to be really great because they align with the type of teacher. Some of the teachers are, and some teachers hate autonomy, right? They're, they're actually, I've met a number of people that are just scared by it. It's like too much, it's like too much freedom. And so what do they do with that? I find that schools often do this though, when they have teachers that aren't pulling their weight that are not doing a very good job. So they have to systematize that class. They have to like make it, it's just like make it all the same because you got someone that's not doing their work. And I can't stand that either because it's like, we do a thing where we, 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 we lower our greatness to the level of the, of the person who does the worst Instead of raising the bar and telling that person to get their life together or helping them in ways that are actually useful. Um, I have an idea, but I see you have a hand Oh, raised. So
1: John Lopez, I just think he, I would like to say what's no, happening it. in the comments. Uh, John Lopez said he said that administrator probably wants to see um, the same assignments. Um, if, if the will raise the um, standards. Like the, the same standards, I guess, in assignments to see if it raises the yeah. test scores. And, and look,
0: I mean, maybe Sorry. maybe this will be good. <laughs> and that's that's a good point, too. Steph, what I would say is if there's nothing you can do about it, if you can't switch jobs, if you can't switch schools, if you, I mean, I think you're in a new place this year anyway. But like it's to me, I just choose to look at it as a challenge. So how am I going to like, oh, you're going to do this bet like watch this. And, and then that's where a lot of sprinkling the magic kind of comes from for me is this idea of when I've had to teach a certain book and everyone's complaining about it. Nope. This is going to be the, I'm going to make this book the best. And because, because kids deserve it and because I can. And so trying to begin to think of ways, I had this crazy idea that I don't even know that I could ever pull this off. Um, where I was going to ask people to send me like, their lamest lessons like what's something that you are just like Reynolds this cannot be made interesting or fun or engaging because dude right there's stuff like that just send it to me and then I'm going to come up with a plan on how you can do it right like I just it's like just send the challenge and then let's figure it out together but yeah I just think that that's a something that I I look at look at the only positive way I can think of stuff unless it's the pushback which you know I'm going to say go to admin and push back but like um, is how can you make it fun and take it as a challenge and then run with it?
1: Uh, she said in the comments that there are new standards coming out next year and a new program required by the district. And it's mostly due to liter- literacy across the board. Yeah. like the, I guess poor scores. Yeah. And look... <laughs> Yeah. You know, That's a whole nother one that makes me go, well, maybe your reading program isn't very good. Reading or program maybe isn't there's... good.
0: Or I mean, talk to Lopez t- and I talk about this all the time. Like, we act like COVID's just over. And that like a year and a half, two years of of learning from home didn't just disrupt everything. And yeah. so we're like, wait, the scores aren't where they're supposed to be. And it's like, of course they're not. It's gonna take years to get yeah. back to if that. if you were in <laughs> fighting shape and then you didn't exercise or practice fighting for two years, you're not coming back as a, as a contender right away. Right. You know, watch Rocky (laughs) four.
1: All right. Uh, Drifts to gaming. I think that is Uh, asking, do you know of teachers that were dissatisfied with public school teaching, but found their niche in higher ed?
0: Uh, The short answer is yes. I've also seen folks that like it, you know, I just was talking to a mentee about this the other day where um, he was saying that he had a buddy that taught in Colorado or Colorado in Chicago, inner city Chicago for 10 years and got really good at classroom management. Right. Because that was a need. Then he moved and went to China and taught. And he was like, classroom management is a non-issue. So what then happens is when you used to get this much done, now you're getting this much done. And so. You have to, it allowed him to really focus on his pedagogy and getting better at being a teacher since classroom management, like issues weren't taking up a large majority of the class. And I've had other friends that have done this too. My buddy, Randy, that I taught with in West Philly, he went and taught at a private school in California, no classroom management issues, but ran into the same problem. And so some folks that might not be satisfied in public education might, however, find their footing in a number of different ways, right? Maybe it's a school that is, that doesn't have many classroom management issues. Like my son goes to a private school right now that I am certain, and now it's very, very small private school. So, but that lends itself, I'm sure to like, there are very few, if any, classroom management issues, right? So it's, it becomes a thing where it's finding the right school that's the right fit for you. And and that's gonna be based on a lot of different factors, but I find leadership is the number one thing because I, I would argue that I've had a number of friends that have taught um like taught at the university level, but if you're teaching those like English 101 classes, you're getting kids that don't want to take English, they're not interested in reading the novels. This is they are they have a different focus. So if they're in school for engineering or law or something else that like this, they're just taking this cause they have to. It's like, it's still like pulling teeth to get students to do work. And so it depends. So I think there's a give and take, but I think it's, where do you think your giftedness lies? This is the real question to me. Is it? So when I think about how I started teaching the level I taught, the question I asked myself was at what age did I need this version of me? And that age was absolutely ninth grade because ninth grade, I didn't talk for most of the year. I was afraid to use the bathroom at school because I just got beat up all the time. I got beat up every day, my ninth grade year. I made a whole video about this years ago about getting bullied. Um, And I don't mean getting bullied like you, someone pushed you or teased you. I mean like getting the crap kicked out of you regularly and till I figured out like how to handle that um and so for me it was ninth grade version of me needed me the most there were other ages that needed me but ninth grade needed me the most and so that's why I picked that and that's why I stuck with it and I could see my I could see young me in my students and especially in in certain kids that were that act just like I did back then so, I think that's part of the question too. And then it's like, well, where do you see yourself going? I don't think there's, I don't think you get any extra credit as a teacher for teaching somewhere that is a horrendous nightmare every day and you hate it and and you're trying, right? You're trying to be the best teacher. You're actively, you're showing up for things like this. You're signing up for programs. You have a mentor. You're going to your coach at your school or your curriculum director. Like you're doing all, everything you can, exhausting possibilities. And it's still not the right fit might not mean that you're not a good teacher. It's just that you are not aligned for this. And so I know for myself, there are grades I could see myself like, nope, I, like first grade, second grade, those young primary grades, not a chance. I'm real good at connecting with those kids and rallying them up, but getting kids to sit quiet, and, oh, nope, not a chance.
1: <laughs> That's so true.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I love... Hanging out with kids, you love that age.
1: age, But I even just think the way that elementary school is like set up with so many different, like it's like just such quick, like moving things with so many different things is just not unique to you or it's not.
0: It takes you you have to be a really
1: organized. I feel like elementary school teachers are like super. I'm more like.
0: I'm not the dad for that age. I'm more like the fun uncle that comes in and brings all the candy and Mm. fun and, and stuff that makes your mom go, what would you buy that for? What you needed a ball pit for your living room Peace." And then I'm out. Right.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: Teenagers though, even though they're a pain in the
1: butt. That's your jam. I know. Yeah. Not mine so much. I'm we're the opposite. They get it. I I don't know. Just, yeah. Okay, next up uh, is Selma asking, how does a young teacher balance personal life and teaching? I feel like I'm constantly buried in teaching and admin, but I'm scared that my youth is getting away.
0: So, uh, that's, a man, that's a great question, it's Selma. It's a fair question, right? That's a wonderful name, too. Um, so, we can have have a whole clip show of me commenting on how much I like people's names or, or when they have a nice <laughs> profile picture. Um, so... You know, I'm gonna tell you this, Selma. As someone that is 47, first of all, I can't believe. Now, look, there is there is occasional because look, I'm gonna tell you right now, my eating's off the rails right now. Right, I I am for someone that goes to the gym five days a week, that works out five days a week. I do not look as healthy as I could because I eat a lot of Nutty Buddies and cookies. So anyway. Um, so that leads to some joint pain and stuff like that sometimes, but with regards to feeling to feeling young, um, I think I, I feel the same as I, I like, there's a large part of me that still feels like 18, 19 year old me, right? Like I am love going out. I love doing stuff. I love engaging. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's like, something I didn't think about so much when I was young. I thought when I was 47, I have a picture in my mind of what my parents looked like. And my stepdad was jean shorts and tucked in Hawaiian shirts all day. So that was different to me. Now, with regards to taking advantage of your youth, right? Especially if you're not married, if you don't have kids, you you cannot fully understand how much freedom you have now, right? You just, you just can't. And that's on a diss. I'm not trying to put anyone down. You just, it's like, until you have, until you're connected in those ways, you don't realize the time investment that goes into that. So, what, you know, but what I would do is I find some of that like really, and look, this is gonna, this is gonna sound like too rigid, but see if you can go with this a little bit. I find that scheduling time for things is ridiculously productive. So it is, keeping in mind um like what time am i getting up and then what time am i what what am i pouring into myself and then what time am i going to work and what time am i going to leave and what am i doing on different nights of the week right so like am i going and playing pickleball am i going to a bar with my friends am i going out for apps and drinks on Fridays am i going for a hike on Saturday it is putting things on your calendar and not letting your calendar happen to you, right? So there's this great thing you could check out too. uh, And I believe it's probably still on sale. There's a guy, Jesse Itzler, that I've been following for ages. And he makes this thing called the Big Ass Calendar. And it is what it sounds like. It's a giant ass calendar with your whole year on one laminated thing. And then he has this program that you go through in it where you put on the calendar all the things that you wanna do this year. And I use a different planning method that's way more complicated than I need to go into right here. But um, so that model doesn't fit for me at this moment, but I think it's such a great idea. If you just go on Instagram and look up uh, hashtag big ass calendar or Jesse Itzler, I think it's I-T-L-Z-E-R. I think that's how his name is spelled. Um, that is, it's starting to really dive into how do I take back my time? How do I own my time? How do I take advantage it- advantage of this. Because once you do that, I think you, you realize that this time matrix opens up and you see how much time you actually have. Like I'm telling you, it, it was transformative for me in the last few years in the, in the classroom that when I decided I was leaving at three 30 instead of six o'clock at night, right. That like, and you know how much those after school hours are great. Like I'm at school, I'm getting stuff done. I'm hanging with kids, when I left and got back like two and a half hours of time, it's like, I get home and I'm like, there was no traffic. I actually changed out on my school clothes. If the sun was still up, I could like take a walk with my kids or to ride bikes or take the dog out or all these things. And then I'm like, dang, then six o'clock hits. And I'm like, I would have just been getting out of school right now. So I think it's really becoming a master of your calendar is what opens up opportunity, but check out Jesse Esler's stuff. I think it's really wonderful and could help you.
1: Um, another resource in the comments, Linda mentioned that she's reading a book uh, to help with that same sort of work-life balance. It's called Effortless. And she said, one of the ideas is to define or redefine what done actually means. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I thought you would like this. Oh, we need to um, talk about and she said, so instead of doing something perfectly, you can say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes and no more facts. on a cer- certain task instead of yep. limit that way. Um, to stop like, that's good because I'm a perfectionist too. So that is, I can work really? to no end. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Did you sit in your pajamas on the couch
0: yesterday <laughs> for 18 hours working on something without, <laughs> I had to like, literally, I'm like, did you, have you used the bathroom all day? <laughs> like I, I was like, seriously, like, you, All right,
1: I'm trying to get something done water, like push it. No,
0: it's incredible. But you do have that ability to do. do that.
1: So my advice is, especially if you're younger, is to really work on like uh boundaries. I feel like boundaries isn't something that I was good at when I was like say in my 20s. Um it came later in my 20s because I was I had kids at that point, but Boundaries is a big thing to learn to say no. So you can actually enjoy your life. Teaching's never ending. Like yeah, saying no to things you can say yes to others. Right. So you have to say no. And then I love this tip that Linda said about like, you're going to spend 30 minutes on something. So it's like, you're still working and doing something, but you don't need to complete it all the way. As long as everything is kind of getting moved. And the other major point that I love that I want to reiterate that you said was don't let your calendar happen to you or your schedule or whatever, like, like you have to be intentional. Yeah. Like that's the thing I learned about being um once we started like this kind of work, that man, we're really busy and it's never ending, but we have to be able to like put a hold on it so we can go and be intentional with kids or with church or yeah. with other things that we with family, things that we actually want to do in our life. Making
0: friends. <laughs> um yeah, I think the other thing Linda brings up there without even saying it is reading books on the topic, right? Podcasts yes. are good, but you listen to seven hours, so like I'm trying to do two audiobooks a month right now. Um, you just it's like nugget after nugget after nugget, and find stuff that people are already reading. Like I just started reading. I'm reading. Uh, oh gosh, I don't, know. don't ask me. Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I'm reading right now, and I know it's been out for years, and everybody's read it already. Dude, it's blowing my mind. Every day I'm like, you gotta listen to what I heard. I, le- I learned today. So, yeah. So, the reading books and, and learn from someone else's mistakes.
1: Yeah. Because what do we say?
0: Because experience takes too long. I don't got time for experience all the Instruction
1: time. Instruction is faster.
0: Instruction is faster. Let me learn from someone else. who already did it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have time for ex- experience, is helpful, but absolutely. You but, should always
1: learn from your experience. Yeah. But to learn only through experience is like, takes too, long. It takes too long. All right. Gian is up next. How do you balance being creative? and your own style in the classroom with teaching to standards and the underlying nature of state-based exams, which do not get rescheduled even with many snow days. Bro, tell me. (laughs) Uh,
0: All right. So Gian, it is, it goes back to this idea of it's not what you do. It's how you do it sometimes. Um, So if you, so one it's how are you showing up to class, right? Your energy is contagious. And so being mindful of the energy that you're bringing into any room is gonna be your number one thing, right? Then it's looking about how I teach. I, hmm, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to condense my thoughts because I'm gonna go a thousand different ways with this because I could talk about it for a long time. And Sometimes it's hard for me to just like rein it in want you think about a DJ back, we're going to go here, a DJ back in the day gets a Sam and Dave record, right? Or, uh, or a Miles Davis record, right? They're looking for what is, how can I take the same thing and kind of remix it so that it's something that's attractive to the people that I'm playing it for. And I don't think lessons are any different. So I've, Gotten pushback about any number of stories that I've read in my class, but like if you think of something like the sniper, right by uh, O. Henry, I think it's by um, s- the sniper has so many parallels to Fortnite that's ridiculous. So if I just tell the kids that we're going to read a book about a guy with a gun on top of a roof in Ireland during the iron the Irish Civil War, I've already lost more than half the kids that are like Irish Civil? What are you talking about? Like, t- t- like don't care, but. It's this idea of you're on top of the roof, you're behind the parapet, you have your handgun, and you have your sniper rifle, and there's tanks, and there's another shooter. And when you're in Fortnite, like I draw this parallel, or you could do like Call of Duty, like there's a connection point there, right? You could also look at things like um, Sniper the Movie with Mark Wahlberg, or they made a TV show called, or that was not called Sniper, it was called Shooter. And then they made a TV show called Shooter also with Ryan Philippe or something like that. I don't, this is a ridiculous amount of knowledge. I'm realizing that I know about <laughs> these things. This is weird. But it's looking for a connection point. There's scenes from Saving Private Ryan where they're fighting against snipers. It's finding, so where my brain goes, right? When, I, when I'm thinking about how am I using my unique ability, it's looking for the connection points that I see between where kids' interest lies and in what we're doing. So it's not just about like if you're reading the scarlet letter the same thing applies right why do i care about these people who were so long ago that don't even maybe have the same religion as me and i you know we don't do the same thing but we do brand people right it's the ba- scarlet letter is basically cancel culture so how can i connect those dots in that way and so it's not about just changing the the curriculum it's about how can I make those connection points? How can I make, how can I take some, I made a video a couple of weeks ago um, on reading Merchant of Venice and how, or reading different books and having, creating something physical, like, like when we're reading and the, in one of the the boxes, the caskets that are in Merchant of Venice, there's this skull, right? With a scroll in its eye. So that's why this is in my background. This is I used to use this in class. So, like, um, you just take the skull, you put the scroll inside. Then, when you get to the part of reading the scroll, instead of reading in the book, I have someone come up, they take the scroll out, they unravel it, they read it in front of the class. So you're looking for moments where we're doing things. If you're reading the lottery, maybe we do a lottery. If you're reading, the shooter maybe we go outside and we envision like all right so the one guy's on this roof and we're on this roof and here's what the situation looks like on the ground if we're like so and this can be done with any class right but how are we writing on the windows writing on the walls writing in sidewalk chalk outside on the, on the ground how can we bring someone in to speak to this because maybe the book night isn't hitting me because the holocaust was basically a million years ago to a 13-year-old but can i find someone that has some experience with that time period to bring them into school to talk about that. And so it's trying, that's where my head goes is like looking for connection points like that. And that's, what's going to make your class explode and become this interactive experience instead of just like, we're reading a book about something I don't care about.
1: Man, I had to read a a book about the Holocaust. I've said this before. And they brought the author was still alive when we were in middle high school, something like that. And they brought her in. And it was the most amazing thing. It's like the only book that I remember really reading because that connection was there. It was and I still have it. And she signed it and
0: did you um, know she was coming in when you started reading the book, do you remember? Or was it like a surprise? No, because I remember you saying you loved the book. And then she I did. came in and I remember you saying like she signed your book. We have it in, yeah. the,
1: in the living room. I do. It's on my bookshelf. <clears throat> um, so no, I don't, I don't remember, but I don't, I want to say, I don't think I knew that the author was coming yeah. in at the beginning. I just liked the book already, but it made it like that much more special.
0: Classroom speakers and visitors are the number one under most underutilized resource yeah. for teachers.
1: An interesting like, point though, someone was saying in our Facebook group, they were talking about how expensive it is to get, like they were in, they're in a really small school and they want authors to come in. Um, they want to do that, but it's really expensive. Um, so, so there was a great, that's a great your
0: case, pitch them. Here's how you go I ahead. Say, tell you how to do it. There
1: was a great, the thread is just really great. Cause it was a lot of like ways to get cheaper things or how to connect with yeah, other places. Oh, awesome. Like, like. Uh, bookstores locally, or just other tips and tricks to be able to kind of like offset that. What do you Let me tell say?
0: you? My number one trick for getting people that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise is DMing them through Instagram. Um, no,
1: but what about their? Well, I'm talking about their rate for yeah, coming to this. they're like, oh, can... yeah, great, but you got you a hold a, of me, but
0: but if you have a spe- if you're through a speaking bureau or something like that, right? Or you have a manager or there's someone oh, handling this saying. for you, they're going to pitch you the rate. If I can hit you up in a DM and say, listen. I work in a school with no funding. I have students that really need this. Here's my situation. Would you be willing to bless us with 20 minutes of your time, right? Just 20 minutes of your time. Um, That's a great tip. And then if they can't make it there, then I've done a number of them over Skype. And I would say, they've. I have not seen a difference before between the virtual and the in-person. Sometimes it's just more fun, especially if there's some kind of hands-on tactical thing, like having an artist do a virtual event is not as fun because yeah. you can't get your hands dirty and do stuff with them. But um, asking someone for 20 minute time to Zoom call for 20 minutes and they're always going to stay longer. So that's why you just pitch the bar super low. And then telling them your situation is sometimes folks see the value in that. I mean, I've, I've reached mm-hmm. out to some really impressive people that I know charge 50 to $100,000 to speak like at a conference completely free.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um,
0: people want to find ways to help. You have to offer them opportunities. And if you don't ask them, the answer is
1: already no. Facts. Okay, Naseem is up next asking, when will you visit New York for a family visit?
0: So I don't I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, it's not it's it, not in
1: the plans anytime no, soon. <laughs> but
0: we've but we've actually talked about this a lot recently. Um like places in, especially New York city that we want to go to. And I have friends in New York city that I would love to visit again, but, um, there it's just like, it's like, first of all, getting back to Philly at some point. Um, and I don't even know when that's going to be, to be honest with you.
1: So, no, cause we've only been here barely four months. Like, so it's like, it hasn't been that long. No. And it's, <laughs> it's still like settling. It's in still
0: fun. It's still like, you're
1: just, there's a lot to do still here but you don't we go think back.
0: about. Right that's yeah. like everyone else people here are like you went where you did what i'm like yeah we just walked for an hour into the desert
1: we went and just looked at the stars we
0: just stood and thinking was that anyone else out there nope no cuz they're <laughs> used to stars we have four in Philadelphia
1: so piggybacking off of that question kind of is he's asking how is the transition in your new place i feel like it's been a long time since i've checked in uh
0: no so thanks man um i hope i hope you're doing well also um the, I think it's been, it's been largely awesome. I think at this point, the, the biggest kind of like next big step is finding ways to connect on a deeper level with people and like building out a friend base on some level. Um, but
1: I think that's probably the true next step because it's been like getting here, getting your house set together, getting like all this stuff together, um, kids' rooms. Kids in school. All that stuff, kids in school. Kids rhythms.
0: Like, and so, yeah. yeah.
1: That's kind of uh, been, has settled a bit and yeah. we have some of those things. So I think, yeah, it's, it's building a friend base and- And
0: then making sure everything has a place because there's still things we can't find. It's yeah. like, I know I know <laughs> I want a box. I remember and-
1: <laughs> I'm not sure things made it in boxes. I think they fell out, out of huh? the truck.
0: <laughs> some
1: weird rando little things or just still building up things like when you, well john lopez or uh john fox if you when you move cross country yeah. there's so much you can't bring also from your refrigerator to the things in your garage like weird little things like yeah like i don't WD-40. have wd-40 yes.
0: yeah no i think <laughs> all your condiments in you gotta buy
1: new <laughs> somewhere stuff. in
0: transit god said you don't need this anymore. Yeah. You don't so need the top of that
1: French press. Weird rando things. Just drink that the grind. still.
0: Go ahead. Hit it. All right. <laughs> Mr.
1: Bolin is asking, can you discuss the benefits and downsides of teaching abroad?
0: Uh So I, like- I taught in Africa, in Zambia for a little while. No, and I feel like
1: this is a good one because you have a, a mentee right now. Do I have a mentee that abroad. teaches
0: in Kuwait? Uh And then before that taught in Southeast Asia. Um. And I've had a number of mentees. So, for those of you that don't know, um, I do mentoring, right? So, if folks go to our website, you can sign up for mentoring, and I do one on one calls with people. So, this guy, uh, you know, one of the, we were just talking about this yesterday. Some of the benefits being that you get all these different experiences, right? Of like what it would be like to teach elsewhere. I, when I started teaching in West Philly, I had taught in Camden, New Jersey before, and that was that was a very poorly run, I'm going to say, that was a very poorly run school. And there, there were definitely great things about it. There were definitely great administrators there. There were great teachers there. But just like the way that it was, run, like the leadership that I dealt with on a day-to-day um, was poor, right? Like I can look back now and go, this was, they were not leading. So when I got to West Philly, I had the best leader I ever had. Dr. Noah Tennant is currently the as- assistant superintendent for the Philadelphia School District is the best leader I've ever worked for in my life. Um and in my top and I've had some really good bosses. I've had he's in my top 3 bosses of all time. So Working there, I remember folks would come in and complain all the time about the school, about the kids, about how things were running. Those of us that had been somewhere else were like, bro, you don't even know. Um, Similarly, I remember when I took my students, especially when I took kids to Belize, we went and visited a school that was actually poor. Not poor like our school was. I mean, like there was no air conditioning Um, there was no free and reduced lunch. Many students didn't get to eat in the afternoon. They had one stapler for the whole school. And it was a big school that they just shared. Um, each room had one ceiling fan because, and it got incredibly hot there. So kids would fight over who got to sit directly under the ceiling fan. Um, and what it did was open my students' eyes to like, what, like, really severe poverty looks like, right? Not just what we often, and I'm not dismissing anyone's situation, but not what we think of in the States oftentimes as poverty or man, you're so poor. Like your dad has that car and it's like, yeah, but my folks have two cars. And so to look at someone who lives in like really, really poor situations, um, it opens their eyes. I think teaching abroad does the same thing. I mean, I taught, I I taught at all girls school, The Zant, uh, that was the matcha school for girls, all girls school, 60 students in the class, no electric lights. The, I had no chalk and just a chalkboard. Um, many of the seats didn't have the seat part on it. So it is to coming to the U S and finding like, it just shifted my, my mindset on, on doing that. Um, so I don't think there's any downside to doing, it. I think there's only upside because whether you are exposed to something incredible or you're exposed to something that is difficult, it's going to give you, you have a different jumping off point. Um, I think it makes you a well more well-rounded person.
1: That I agree with. But I think that if you teach in a really, if you're from the States and you go to somewhere abroad that they're very rich, like a very affluent place yeah. uh, and country, it can be really, really difficult to teach in that when you don't come from that because it's harder to reach kids, it's harder to like yeah. those sort of things. So I don't think it's always about going to somewhere that's just because you go abroad, it's poor. Um,
0: no, no, you're right. So in Kuwait, it's actually the opposite, right? Like right. or um friends that have taught in other parts of the world where it was far, like they made a lot of money doing it also. Um, and you didn't deal with certain issues.
1: But you deal with a whole lot of other issues,
0: and to me, that goes back to the idea of where does your giftedness lie? Mm. Where, what if I, I haven't been given everything to do in education? I play a role, right? And, and so in that role, what is, what am I to do with this? And if I went somewhere that didn't call on that giftedness, then I'm not. I'm not. I'm not teaching just to teach, right? I I teach belief. I teach yeah. connection. I teach kids that they're worth it. It's a lot of that kind of other stuff. And if your school doesn't need that, then it's just not, it's not, you don't need me, right? You already have the people that are going to do this, or there's other people that are going to be a better fit for you.
1: Yeah. Ultimately, I don't think there's a downside to teaching abroad at all. Like it's going to... Again, you're going to learn something from the experience. Yeah. And it's different it.
0: culture. It's different. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Think even it's cool if it's fans. hard or even if it's easy or even if it's awesome or even if it's a nightmare, you are going to take lessons away from that. Yeah. And so looking for those all the time.
1: Here's an interesting non-educational question for you from Love Naseem. Em. Where would you recommend to start a family and raise kids? Uh... I think it depends on who you are.
0: I think it depends on who you are. Like I
1: look, I love quiet, I love space, I love peace, and I like that for my kids too. But I didn't you so used to. right? But but what I'm gonna say is like I think like, am I gonna go in the middle America? Like I love middle America, but if I was was someone of a different ethnicity than white, like I and I guess like you're gonna put yourself out there for your I don't know. I just think like, would I want to go teach or live somewhere like that's predominantly one way and then, um, get hit sure. with like, so where we're living right now, right? Like, now, right?
0: like there stuff. are no, there, I to my knowledge, and this is driving around and noticing like, there are no, like, I don't think there's any Jewish temples here. I don't think there's anywhere for Muslims to, to meet. Um, there's a, ton of church i mean you could throw a rock in any direction and hit a church right which is probably a bad i'm not advocating throwing rocks at churches um but we've been we were like oh let's try some churches and then there was like a gazillion churches around every and the closer we looked i'm like dang that's a church too and that's a church too and that's a church too so i think it's what kind of place do you want your kids to grow up in right like we wanted city life And then as my kids got older and I've shared some of the things that like my kids were exposed to that I didn't want them exposed to, like, and I'm not saying this is it on every, in every city, um, but my kids saw people have sex in public. My kids have seen people have overdoses. My kids have seen street fights and people pooping on the sidewalk. I mean, like weird stuff, man. And
1: it's
0: like, like, I like the access to everything. I like the fast paced lifestyle, even but then I got to a point where it was, I want I want more space. I want more quiet. I want to see stars. I want um I don't want all of this going on all the time, but I don't want to live too far from it so that if I do want to have my kids check something out, they can check it out. So, it's some of that stuff. Um and then it's like, what part of the, like, what kind of weather are you willing to put up with? I'm okay. not living. That's
1: a good question. I'm not I don't living live in Iowa
0: because <laughs> Iowa gets 24 inches of snow. Michael Matera is always trying to get us to move up to Minnesota. And I'm like, no, you, when you, when it's cold enough that you have to plug your car in at night is not the Reynolds place. Right. So there it's kind of that sort of thing. It's cost of living, right? Cost of living in Texas is dirt cheap. Right. But There's other
1: things. Yeah. There's a lot of variables. I don't think it's any one perfect place for anybody. And I just don't think there's any one perfect place period.
0: Yeah. But I think it's a great, what a great opportunity though to just be able to choose. So I will say like, I feel the privilege of being able to say, Nope, we're moving to New Mexico. Like, and it's a great fit for right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I
0: can't believe we live in New Mexico. So I, like, I still
1: think about. It. I'm just like, I there's a video online of you saying I'm never going to move to New Mexico. Which <laughs> I find so funny. Uh I just want to shout out Patrick Coolin uh gave us a That's our homie. I know. He said happy Sunday from South Jersey. He was a super chat.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Pat Hope you well. is uh is a good friend of mine from growing up. We used yeah. to drive in his uh his car was atrocious and I remember like listening to Wu-Tang and you guys would drive to
1: college together. He like carpooled. And then he did
0: the morning show at Rowan University on the radio and it was
1: phenomenal.
0: Um, yeah, great, great dude. So thanks Pat.
1: All right. Uh, dress to read is asking best advice for someone who is teaching full-time sponsors two student organizations and is now about to start their master's program. Hubby and I are starting masters at the same time too.
0: So the fact that you're starting at the same time is awesome because you can support one another. I would say my first thing would be don't sign up for anything else. Um, (laughs) right. Right. (laughs) Other, and seriously, other things are going to come up. There's going to be other opportunities. There's going to be more people that say, oh, oh, let's ask, she's always uh, willing to help out and do something. And what every time you say yes to something else, you got to say no to something else. Mm. And so I think that's part of it. And then it's, like I said before, it's dialing in your calendar. There's time for all of it, right? You think of, you know, I was listening to something recently and it was this old, like, you know, we all, you hear people say this all the time. There's, we all have the same 24 hours in a day and we do some people master their calendars. They master their schedule. So you literally, I start by putting everything on the calendar and now I don't have to do that so much anymore because you get into these rhythms and, and you, I don't need a timer to always go off, but sometimes I do. So it's making sure that you're spending time with your husband. It's making sure that you're giving time to the student organization. It's making sure that your master's work, but being honest with yourself about how much time... The mass, the work on your master's is going to take the reading, the studying, the writing, the meeting with other people, being honest with what you need on, in those times, and then planning accordingly is is the move. If you, I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff to do, but I just remember being in college is the first time I had to like be a true master of my calendar, and I did it. Like I, I really did it. And I think that that has benefited me going forward. But um, so, yeah, it's has benef- mastering your calendar and saying no to everything else because your plate is full.
1: Yeah, I remember when you were in college, uh, you would be when a semester would start, you'd be like, all right, see it. See y'all. I mean, I would because you, you came to like my apartment to just study, um, yeah. but you would really say like, "Okay, my it's starting, and so now I need to like buckle down, basically." So it was like, "See y'all later." I
0: do that to friends for you. I did it yeah. when I first started teaching. I'd be like, All right, I'll see y'all yeah. in the summer because I'm working."
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hannah is up next, asking, "Hey there. So I'm about to launch into the school year, and I always start with routine. Pause. Pause. Yes.
0: Because Hannah's in Australia." And everyone here is like, wait, what? like oh, yeah. launch into the school year? Um, yeah. Cause she's, they're having warm weather and we have seven degrees. All right, anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Hannah.
1: So um, she's asking, so she usually starts the school year with routine, but the wheels always fall off at some point. Yeah. Any advice about how to get back on track or maintain? So I think it's
0: it's a question of why are they falling off? Like like at what what happens? That the wheels fall off. Um I I create habits that are incredibly achievable for me. They still stretch me. Some of them stretch me, some of them don't. But if I want to, when we started going to the gym this year, like consistently, like five times a week working out, it became um, I only have to do four exercise, like four different machines, uh two times each. That's it. And that was doable for me but maybe yours is I need to go to the gym and do one machine two times each and that's it, right? And then, or I've had other friends that their deal was they just had to go and check in. And if they didn't want to work out that day, you go in, scan your little app and you can peace out if you want to. But it, what they found was that it was the getting there that was hard. I think oftentimes people's habits are difficult because they have, they put too much, they have too many habits too fast and they're too difficult. So I have I have a lot of systems, but they have scaled over time and I think of them like this, Hannah. What is something I want to get better at? What is something that's important to me that I know if I do this, it will it will alleviate pain in my life in other areas. So working out is something that I know will make me a better person so how do i build that so i build it the way that i just shared it with you um and then there's other things i do in that too that make make it easier how do i make sure i take all of my vitamins every single day well when i come in from the gym i take them immediately after i walk in the door typically right um especially in the summer when i'm going to the gym early how do i make sure that like i you know read my Bible every day, right? I like put it on, like sometimes I put it on my desk the night before so that when I wake up in the morning, I grab my coffee, I go into my office and sit down. It's right there. It's like, I'm not gonna, there's nothing else to to do with that. Like, I'm not gonna just go on social or and I don't turn my phone on and all these things, like it's making it doable. It's making it so that you know exactly that what you're doing is actually benefiting you, right? Because I've had habits before that I'm like, I don't even know that this is like, I'm just doing this, because I've always done it, right? So how do I, what can I do instead? Um, And then identifying what is it that makes the wheels fall off and really giving some some consideration ahead of time while you're excited about, all right, what am I gonna do on days that I'm tired? What am I gonna do on days I don't feel like it? What am I gonna do on days where there's something else to do? And I have to really consider that. And that's how I start getting better at, doing stuff. So I will say like, when you don't feel like doing it or when you're tired or when you're sick, um, I find that tracking my habits helps. I do not. I've showed this on videos before This habit tracker act that I have when I have right now, like close to 300 consecutive days of working out. There's not a chance in the world that I'm getting a red on that thing, man, not a chance. There have been days bro. And I've gone for runs and walks and it's horrible outside. There has been days when I was sick. I was sick a couple weeks ago and I never get sick. I went to the gym. I I don't know if I had a fever and I'm not, this might be stupid too, but like, so I'm not telling everyone to go do this. I had like a shirt on a sweater and like a big flannel coat. And that's why I worked out at, at the gym. Cause I, because I knew it would suck, but I knew what would suck more was putting that red, stupid red dot that I didn't do it that day. So for me gamifying it and tracking things helps me to remember too like oh man I've been doing this for so long, right? Make it a put it on social. When I was running every day for a year, I put it on social just about every day because I had to make myself accountable, I, right? It was just here we are again, I'm out here running. It was at the same time at the end of my run every time as I was walking over the railroad tracks under the street light, that's when I would make the post. Um but then it makes you accountable too. And then there, that takes on when, you know, it's public and, you know, people are paying attention. Um, it, it changes things.
1: Um, okay. Yeah. One more. Uh, I do. It's a bit of a long one or just a multi-part <laughs> I'll say. Um, so Sonny's asking, I have a tough question, Mr. Reynolds. I'm the gen ed teacher, social studies, and my co-teacher has 20 plus years in the system. Um, so she, I read ahead. Um, they are, are in their second year teaching and yep. their co-teacher is has been a teacher for 20 years. Yep. Um, but their co-teacher is confused by the curriculum we were given. I understand it, but it has led, it has led to my co-teacher asking my assistant principal to come in every Thursday to observe us and give us feedback on how we are teaching the curriculum. I personally don't feel comfortable but I don't know how to tell my co-teacher that I do not appreciate her going to my assistant principal, asking for these weekly observations because I had it put to me, uh, cause it had put me in an uncomfortable position. Um, maybe this is just me being anxious because I am not tenured and I just feel confused. I, f- I sometimes feel like I am being set up for failure. Um, do you have any advice on that one?
0: Yeah, I do. I'm trying to be nice. Uh, <laughs> because I
1: hope you're going to be nice.
0: Well, it's a, I'm just teasing. it's a jerk move on their part, right? On the like, co-teacher's the, yeah. part. So it's, well, I
1: sometimes I think, think that people don't realize that their move is, is that like, so I think it's just having the uncomfortable conversation. Yes. It's going and saying yes. like, Hey, I'm only a second year teacher. And what this is doing is, is making me feel like this. And then I would find an alternative to like, Especially how you handle that for your, her not knowing. That's
0: exactly what you should do. Just go do what my wife said. Um, <laughs> Just mostly the answer to many things in my life. It is also hey, all right.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna make a clip of that. Good. Continue.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, you can. I always say, like, one of the things I didn't realize when we were younger was that you were right about a lot of stuff because people see you outside of yourself, and so mm. I don't see my I trick myself. And you're like, no, here's some truth. Thanks, buddy. The I think the the point here is that. The reason I just want to, I just want to identify with what you're saying real quick, because I think it's the reason it's a jerk move is because you're, that wasn't made with you connected to it. But sometimes people do things that hurt us that are intentional. And sometimes we just think they're intentional, but they actually had no idea, right? Like there's, there's hearing that, right? Just reading it, right? Not being there, but just reading it could make me think that this is a person that just wants to do a really good job. So they're going to find the help to make sure that someone comes in and make sure that you all aren't going to get in trouble on the back end for not doing things correctly. And that we're just want to make sure that we are in tune with what the school wants and needs and that the students are getting the level of, of education that they deserve. But it could be flipped and it could be like them trying to rat you out, them, you know, especially not giving you a heads up. So I think the conversation is having a conversation around um, look, I understand that, like, from what you've said before, the logic is that like you're, you're struggling to figure out like what we're supposed to be teaching or how we're supposed to be teaching this. Um, the part that I feel uncomfortable about is that you are one reaching out on behalf of both of us for our class without consulting me. Like, let me be a part of the conversation also. Um, cause to be honest. If you get someone to come in once, I mean, once a week is a lot, but like, even if you have someone come in once a week, that's, it could be great, right? Like, like if you have someone that's a, that's good observations that knows your students that knows who you are, they are going to just help you to do a better job because they've been there because they've had this experience, but you got to be in the know. And so it's like, what are we focusing on this week? What are we looking at? Um, this week in our, in our lesson, what are we looking at? Um, that like, so you have a targeted area, a targeted thing that you're trying to be mindful of. And so that's what I would share with the co-teacher, whether they have 20 years of experience or not, just because someone's been teaching a long time, doesn't just mean that they're smart at, at relationships, at being a, like at being a collaborator, right? Um, so you, we have to teach people how we want to be treated, and so that's what I would do. It's it it could sound like a like an uncomfortable conversation, but it could just be, hey, look, I don't know if I'm certain you didn't mean to do this, but going to the principal with on our behalf without connecting me or having my voice or letting me know that you were doing, and then having them come in, and I don't know that they're coming in, and it's it's nerve wracking for me. I'm trying to do a really great job, but I need to know like when the scouts are going to show up so that I can, you know, I want to be able to be active participant in this. What if
1: she already knows that not that there's a lot that they're coming. I mean, yeah, there too,
0: but like um, if she knows it's like, well, then I want to know what are you looking for this week? What, what are the, what specifically can I be working on? um, So that I'm ready for, for this. I want to be ready because I want you to see me try so that, You can tell me, and then I always, the way I rock observations all the time, every single one of rock observations is I made one simple shift. I know what I'm going to be, what they're looking for. And then I immediately go to them and say, what, like, how did it go? I want feedback. And people are usually resistant or reluctant or don't want feedback. I want to know feedback because what I want them to know is you don't just get the check some boxes off, right? Like I I want actual feedback. I want you to tell me what I did. I want you to point out examples. I want you to talk about certain aspects so that I can get better. Then next time I'm going to go, all right, based on last time, here's four things I'm trying to do that I want you to see how well I'm doing. I'm kind of forcing people's hand to show up and do a good job instead of just showing up. Because I've had those observations too, where they check Mm -hmm. a box and they're really on YouTube the whole time all right so cool all right look we're at an hour i realize there may be some more questions but we really try to like keep it at the hour mark um th- throw that thing up there real quick before you go don't leave this week this is going on sale classroom management 101 building relationships it is the first installment of of workshops we are going to be doing every single month right so there's one february 1st there's one february 29th which is uh leap day or whatever um There's gonna be another one in March and another one in April. We are trying to help teachers have the best year possible, right? This will launch this week. Um, Because look, I I say this in the video that I made for the program, um, but experience takes too long. We're halfway through the school year, right? It is far better to learn from instruction. And so I'm gonna teach you ways that I have had classroom management on lock for years. The first part of that is going to be um, building relationships. Then it's, we're going to do another one on policy, policies, no. procedures. Uh. <laughs> well, it's classroom engagement is the second one, then policies, procedures, and systems. And then another one is like, here's a laundry list of things that I've screwed up on royally and how I fixed them. Uh, cause I'm just going to teach you straight from like, this is what went wrong. This is how I did it better. And this made my life better. And yeah, cause my hair used to be black when I started teaching, just saying. But that's it, gang. If you could please hit the thumbs up button. It just helps us get this out there to people. Um, And that's it. We'll see you next week, all right?
1: Yeah. And if we didn't answer your question, put them in the Facebook group. If you're not in there, you can uh, just, you know, apply, I guess. I don't know if that's not the right word. It's three questions. We just
0: make sure you're a real teacher and you're not like a bot. And
1: (laughs) Request to join. That's the right word. That's it.
0: (laughs) Cool. See you next week, gang. Peace.